Hello, my name is John Brink. I'm the president CEO of the Brink Group of Companies. I'm absolutely, totally delighted to have been asked by Peter Lake uh, for his uh, podcast, Story of Influence, to introduce one of his special, special guests, whose name is known by everybody, Jim Patterson, a man of uh, an, an entrepreneur extraordinaire. I followed him for the last 40 years. Uh, a man that has shown his influence not only in ways of building companies, but also in what he gives back to the communities, in philanthropy and all other things. A man, I believe, uh, is an example for all those that look at entrepreneurship as how to start, when you start from the bottom up, and how you build companies. And he has gone to the ups and the downs. And I'm sure you will hear that in the podcast that uh, Peter will have here that following this introduction. Again, I'm extremely pleased to have been asked to provide the introduction for this particular interview, and I hope you very much enjoy it. If you have lived in British Columbia or Canada during the past 40 years, you would be very aware of the name Jimmy Patterson. Affectionately, most people just call him Jimmy, and you instantly know who they are talking about. He started his, his career driving a car to school at UBC, selling the car that day and walking home, and then repeating it again. And I'm not sure if this is a legend and how many years he did that, but he certainly did that. His commitment to British Columbia is very impressive. Just look at the number of hospitals he has his name on, the car dealerships he owns, the radio stations, outdoor signs with his name on. And in my opinion, Expo 86 would never have been the success it was without Jimmy's fine hand and his leadership because he is a businessman's businessman. If you met him today, you'd find he is polite, engaging, interested in the discussions. And if you don't know it, you might not realize that the Jimmy Patterson organization is about $12.7 billion enterprise and he owns it all. He is very kind, he is interested, he asks questions and interacts with you, and he is one smart businessman. A number of years ago, the David Foster Foundation held a massive concert at GM Place to raise money for David's foundations, and he wanted to present Jimmy with its highest honor. Who else to introduce Jimmy but Oprah Winfrey? In her live speech, she told the story of one of Jimmy's most remarkable traits and it is this, that when he makes a commitment, he always follows through, always. And I can attest to that. On his 90th birthday, BC billionaire Jimmy Patterson says he still loves going to work every day. And every day I see him, I can tell he's energetic, he's excited, and he's happy to be part of life. Jimmy, thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks for including me. <laughs> there was that introduction a bit over the top for you. Well, I, uh, I never heard anything that good. My mother would certainly be happy but, uh, to hear that, but uh, uh, it's very generous of you, and thank you. You're very welcome. Uh, the, the first question I would like to ask you is, in all the years you've been building your business and traveling the world and, and doing deals left, right, and center, what would you consider is your greatest business achievement in life? so far? The, 
greatest in my life is uh, would be to get the first car dealership that we got. Hmm. And that was a GM dealership, was it not? The GM dealership at 18th and Canby. And I had no money. Uh, and I had 7,000 equity in my house. And General Motors gave me a franchise, a Pontiac Buick franchise that uh, was not doing well at 18th and Canby. And that would have been the most important transaction in my business life. Now, is this just legend or is it true that when you started your sales meetings, uh, let's say at eight o'clock in the morning or 8.30, whoever wasn't in there, you'd lock the door and they couldn't get in or is that just? Oh no, absolutely, always. Oh, okay. Uh, and that we, always start, we, we always start on time, but never, sometimes we start early, but never late. Sometimes we start early, but never late. Uh, and and where, no, we where is that dealership Sorry. today? Is that dealership still there today or? That dealership is uh, not there today. Uh, it's, it's gone. It's General Motors are, are fine, but they, they've changed the locations around. And uh, I, they had too many car dealerships in town at one time. And they asked me if I would, uh, they wanted to shut one down and they asked me about, would I be willing to do that? And I said, absolutely. If it was a general interest, a general motor's best interest, I'd be happy to do it. So a lot of people know that I know you and they always wonder, what does Jimmy do in his spare time? Uh, not that you have a lot of spare time, but what do you do in your spare time? What do I do in my spare time? Well, I basically don't have much spare time. We have a boat uh, that we've had now for the last 25 years. So in the summer, I have, I have, although I haven't gone out this year, but I used to go out there for a few days. And uh, the other thing we do is we have a house in Palm Springs and I go down there for a week, at least maybe 10 days every year. So I, I, get, I take time from, you know, at various parts of the season. But, you know, I haven't found anything better than I like from going to work. So you, you never seem to run out of steam. Uh, every time I see you, you're energetic and you're inquisitive and you want to know what's happening. Uh, is that, is, has that been always part of your life while you've been in business for these many years? I think I've always had, thank the good Lord, I've had good health. And uh, so I've, uh, I've always been involved in selling something. And you know what that's like. And so there's always something new and different all the time when you're selling things. And I've been very fortunate in, in having been exposed to that part of the world. There, there is a legend about you. I, I don't know if it's true or false, but you used to go through uh, the Georgia Hotel and check for loose coins in the uh, telephone boxes. Is that true or? Absolutely true. Uh, I was a page boy at the, at the Georgia Hotel and uh, I would, uh, I would when the phones were not being used, I always to check to see if there was nickels in them. And uh, there, quite often there was. And did you have to so save them I, or was, did you put them in your oh, own? Oh, 
Oh, absolutely. I, I was, uh, that's what I was, I was going to school at the time and I had my mother would pack my dinner and I would, I started at 4, 4.30 every day and went through to 8.30 and I worked all day Saturdays. I got off Sunday and, uh, and so that's what I did. And, and uh, I, I liked to find and met some wonderful people, by the way, when I was working there. What would you say is the biggest challenge you faced in, in your very successful career? Well, let me say I've made a lot of mistakes and uh, I've had uh, lots of things that I've been unsuccessful at. Uh, so thank you for saying that. But, but on balance, we've, we've managed to keep stay alive. But I'd say what's the most difficult thing that I, I think that uh, most difficult, I'd have to think about it, Peter, to tell you the truth, uh, because most of the things, oh, I know what it is. I got a job with my cousin uh, in, in summer holidays one year, uh, digging uh, in Kelowna, uh, where the CP tracks go across uh, a little bit of a, a river there or a lake, I guess. And uh, I had, I got a job digging a dirt in the, in the side of the river. And I didn't like that. Hmm. What, what, what is, what is, what one question do people ask you the most or seem to ask you the most? One question that people ask me the most Peter, I, well, I always ask, how am I doing? You know? <laughs> uh, and uh, just like you are. So you, so you, you like the energizer doing? bunny, you're always doing something. Uh, well, uh, I, I usually owe the bank's money, so that keeps my attention on what <laughs> I'm doing. <laughs> now, is it true that the premier at the time when Expo 86 was uh, beginning, asked you if you would uh, give a year of your life uh, pretty much to run Expo 86? The premier asked me if I would take on the job of Expo 86 is right. And what was the, what was the biggest challenge for you? Didn't, didn't it rain the first month or so or something like that? No, no, we didn't. No, we got off to a good, we, it rained, but we didn't have a big, big issue with the rain. Uh, in total, we, we budgeted for uh, 15 million uh, attendance at Expo 86, and we got 22 million. Wow. So we, we exceeded our volume, we exceeded the revenue, we exceeded our budget. So that turned out okay. And what was the most exciting thing for you to do at Expo, just to be the leader and pull, pull the whole thing together for the province? I think that I'd... Uh, like going into the pavilions that the different countries had, including different provinces, and meeting the people. I think that, you know, the people that I had a great opportunity to meet people. Out of it, I got to, got to become good friends with the Bush family uh, oh. through that, for example. And, uh, and other people I got to know that uh, really became, you know, good friends. Hmm. Your manners 
to me, uh, pretty perfect. Um, and I don't mean to embarrass you to say this, but you're very kind and generous and you always stand up uh, to meet someone, to shake their hands and to welcome them, say, to the golf club where we last met. And is, is that a habit you've had all these years? Yes, my mother and dad always uh, very, were very strong on being polite and courteous to people. And uh, it was, and, it, and, it, and of course, I've been selling all my life. And as you know, Peter, that the customer is king. And uh, so it's always good to be friendly and, and positive with, uh, with customers. And, and uh, so I, was, I couldn't have had better parents and, and they were always up and taught me the things that, uh, that's a lot of things I learned from my mother and dad. Would you say that they have been uh, in the beginning years, your role models, your main role models in life? Absolutely, my I couldn't have had parents. We didn't have any money. But I can tell you, I couldn't have had better parents than my mother and father that I had. And uh, because they, I was an only child and they just made sure they were disciplined, boy. I, I followed the rules or I, I was, uh, I was called on the mat. So I learned that or to do what you're told. So who would be your role models today? Who, who would you look to for inspiration to, to help you? To help me, well, I can tell you, to, as of to people that's alive today. Yes. People alive today. Um, anybody that's positive, upbeat, isn't you know crying all the time about how bad things are or, or this, are the people that I you know I like people like that. But who is a role model today for me? I. I would say uh, so anybody like in the Bush family, mm. you know, whether it was George H.W. Bush or George Bush or, they, or, or those people, they were always up people that I've been, people like that have been hugely positive. If you look at the people that are successful in life, Peter, they're the people that are upbeat, not the people that are always whining and kicking about something or other. There's always something that's not, uh, right with everybody sooner or later. And, uh, and so it's important to, to take a positive attitude. And, and my mother and dad taught me that early. So beyond your mother and father, which I know you love dearly, uh, who, who do you think has influenced you the most? Could it be the Bush family? In my life, the most influence that I, I would say that that haven't been exposed to George W. Bush, H, George H. W. Bush and the family. Boy, what examples they set for everybody. And I got, was fortunate enough to get exposed to them quite a bit. And they certainly were people that, uh, that you, I don't think you could find anything fault-wise because they were very always positive. They were upbeat. Uh, they didn't kick about everybody, and uh, and uh, no, I was. They were about as good a family as I run across. Hmm. The George H. W. Bush. What has been the happiest period of your life? 
has there been one period that's been better for you? You've been happiest the most then? I can't recall being happier than I am today. And I've been, I have never been, I've never been through a period that I don't remember being happy. I've been through a period I had no money and uh, all of that, but I've always been happy. Is there one, th one thing that makes you happier than most things? Because every time I've met you, you, uh, I, I, I ex you exude positiveness and interested uh, in the individual you're talking to, and that has influenced me. Uh, what, what, what has been the happiest part of your life that's influenced you? And somebody's well, maybe played that part. Well, I, I was, you know, I had good parents and, uh, and they were always, uh, we didn't have any money, but that had no, nothing to do with being happy or upbeat. And uh, all through my life, we've had difficulty here and there and still do from time to time. But by and large, I've, I've always been around people that were upbeat and it's much more positive to be, be dealing with people that are, that are positive and instead of crying all the time of how bad this is, how bad that is, and how bad the weather is and how bad the government is and all of that. So it, I think it's, it comes, Peter, a lot with your attitude when you get up in the morning. Yeah. If you could change one thing about the world, what would it be? If I was to change one thing about in the world, what would it be? I like those nice, simple questions, Peter, um, you're asking. Um, I would be in the whole world, I would say that climate is hugely important for everybody. And I think that would be something that everybody would be affected by. That if, if everybody had a nice sunny day would be uh, very, very nice as far as the things around us are concerned. Uh, the other side of it is I was born up in a Christian home. And so Christianity uh, has been an important part of my life as my family and uh, going to church and all of that. One question that people, when uh, some of my friends know that I was going to have an opportunity to talk to, they say, ask this question. What does it take to be a Jimmy Patterson? <laughs> well, it takes a time at the banks to borrow the money because uh, I've spent most of my time at the banks trying to loan money to see if we could uh, do, do business and grow the company. So. So uh, I think that I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the Canadian banks. So where do, where do you think the next five or 10 years you can take the Patterson Group? Oh, heck, we're, we're concentrating on building business right now. I'm going away very soon as the border gets uh, straightened out here in the next few days. And I'm going on a trip to the States to see to look to see if we can buy a company that we'd like to buy down there. And uh, so we're in the business or in, in growing the business. So we, uh, at the end of last year, at the end of December, we had 51,000 employees in the company and we're continuing to grow the business. And that's what our objective is. 
Is there one reason that you've, uh, other than you just love Vancouver and British Columbia, is there one reason you stayed right here in, in uh, this city? Yes, my mother. Your mother. Uh, one time we seriously considered moving. Uh, when I first started in business, we decided that it was much easier to do business in the States and grow the business, what we wanted to do. And, uh, and, uh, but my mother, I was an only child. My dad had died. And my mother was getting up in years, and uh, I didn't want to leave her, leave her here by herself because uh, I had no brothers and sisters. So I stayed in Vancouver and kept this our head office. But the management that we had at the time, we wanted to move because it, it was much easier to do business, the kind of things we were doing in the U.S. than it was Canada at that time. So moving forward, what aspirations do you have for Jimmy Patterson organization? Well, I'm we're anxious in growing the business and uh, we're, we're concentrating on things that are friendly to the environment is absolutely number one on our, our agenda today on everything is the environment. Hmm. And uh, as, the, as we're in the car business and we're in other businesses that we've got to, we've got to move more and more to be to get involved in things that are good for the environment. And uh, so as we grow the business, the number one issue we ask ourselves now is, is this positive to the environment? Is it negative? And uh, so that's the first thing uh, we look at today. Is it friendly for the future of the, of the environment? Is there one, one aspect of the pandemic uh, and how it's affected your business surprised you the most? Yes. What surprised me the most is our billboard business. And uh, we have outdoor business, anything to do with outdoor advertising. We are on, uh, we're on buses, we're in subways across Canada. We're the largest uh, out outdoor company in Canada. And, uh, and what, we have long-term leases with uh, airports and, and uh, the transit systems and, and property owners where we have billboards and, uh, and they're all got long leases on them, like five, 10, 20 years. And when, and when the pandic, pandemic came along, most people cut their advertising, but you still have the leases that we're responsible for. Right. So the business that we've hit the hardest here has overall has been the uh, billboard business because we have our contracts that we got to continue to pay and the advertisers have cut the advertising sharply and harshly. And so we got hurt there and have been. Now that's starting to improve now. The other thing is that we've got hurt at is uh, the Great Wolf Lodge, uh, which is, it's been closed for a year and a half now in Niagara Falls, where we have all people at us, little kids, and, uh, and it's all a people business and uh, entertainment right on the border of Niagara Falls. And it's been closed now for a year and a half. So those are where we've been hit the hardest. Are there- uh, On the other side, sorry, go ahead. No, so are there plans to open uh, that up again? Yes, but it's not open yet, but it'll open at the proper time. And advertising is starting to come back on the billboards as we speak. What uh, one advice would you give to the young people today uh, who want to make the best use of their lives? What would, what, would, what would your encouragement be to them? I would encourage them to do what they like 
doing. And it was like playing the violin while well, get involved in music and, and, and enjoy what you do. And I, I mean, if I go to work every day because I like going to work, it's fun talking to people like you and meeting people. And uh, that's what I do and nothing's perfect. So I would encourage anybody, if you like what you do, you'll usually be good at it, Peter. Yeah, if you like what you do, absolutely. Sure. So one of my last questions is, what is your prayer going forward? Your prayer for you and your family and your businesses? Well, I pray, I uh, always pray every day. I go to, I, I go to church on Sunday and uh, that doesn't make me perfect by any means but I believe in God and, and the Christian faith. And uh, so I think that uh, the, the main thing is to uh, be sure that you try to be fair. Now that's always a disagreement with sometimes with people, what is fair? But the, the objective personally is to get up in the morning and enjoy what you do. And of course your health is very, very important. And the other thing my mother always taught me is, Jimmy, be sure you pick good friends because mm. they have a strong influence on you. And so I always remembered that. And so I always try to make sure that over the years when I was growing up, that, that not only did I like my friends, but my mother liked them too. <laughs> uh, when we met a couple of Sundays ago, you, you said one of the things that surprised you the most about the pandemic was how many used cars you sold. That's right. And people, uh, when the pandemic came, uh, people did not want to ride in the buses. They didn't want to be in carpools. And so they started, people bought new cars and the people that didn't buy new cars, there was a big lift in used cars. And so all the, the, all the, all the car dealers have done much better than they anticipated because people did not want to ride the buses and they didn't want to be in carpools. And that meant a big boost, particularly in the used car business. So that was all your dealers basically across, the, across Canada? That, I'm sorry, Peter. Was that on all of your, uh, your dealerships across Canada? Our, our dealerships are all in Western, Western Canada. Mm -hmm. We have 28 car dealerships and they're all in this side of Winnipeg, including Winnipeg. So what challenge is left for Jimmy Patterson? You seem to have oh. just about everything you've tackled in your life. What oh, no, exactly. Peter, we're just getting started. We got, uh, we got lots, lots of opportunities coming here. New ones, we got some, always have, we always have some kind of trouble. And uh, so our job is to try to, uh, try to stay out of the trouble as much as we can and grow the business and get up every morning and, and uh, can't wait to go to work. So my last question is this, what challenges does the average person have to overcome to be a huge success as you have been and are? Well, first of all, uh, you're talking, there's a, people can be a very successful playing a violin or a drummer or, or a gardener. It depends on what 
you're what you're exposed to. Mm. I happen to like business, but my goodness, there's everybody likes something. And uh, I've always found if you like something and uh, concentrate and be honest, you'll be good at it. And if you're good at it, you usually can make money if enough to what you want to do. Now, some people, they like spending more time gardening. Nothing wrong with that. But uh, I happen to like selling used cars, and that's where I got my start. And, and, uh, and so I'm still doing it. <laughs> and doing it well, I might add. Jimmy, thank well, you so much. We make a Jimmy. lot of... Go ahead. Sorry. Thank you, Peter. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Nice and, to see you. Yes, and you, a man of your word, which, which of all the uh, things I love about you is when you commit to something, come heaven or high water, you will do it. And that is a, a golden rule of yours. Well, thank you for saying that. We certainly try to follow that. Yeah. And God bless you, Jimmy. And if, if you think we can help you in any way, I hope somebody will call. Well, thank you very much, very much. And thank you for the, all the things that you've contributed to our community, Peter. Oh, it's my pleasure, Jimmy. I followed, I followed your lead and your advice and your suggestions, and you can only get out of life what you put back into it. Absolutely right. Yeah. I wish you all the success in the world, Jimmy. You deserve it for sure. Thank you so much for seeing you today. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you. So having watched this amazing podcast with Peter Lake and Jimmy Patterson, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And for those that aspire to entrepreneurship or like to know more about those that have done and have proven to be amazing, I hope this is the interview for you.